All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Tuesday edition of the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, continues on. A little uh, smoky, uh, not surprising. Uh, we knew eventually that was going to come with all the uh, fires around, so uh, stay diligent, please, with uh, your cigarette butts and anything else, and obviously uh, adhere to the uh, the no-fire ban that uh, continues on across the province right now. The last thing we need is any more fires. So we uh, welcome to the show, former NHLer. Jason Strudwick. Strudy, how you doing? Good, buddy. Really good, actually. What about you? You know what, man? I am, uh, hey, I got some days off from uh, NHL playoffs because, of course, they don't start now until Thursday. But uh, the NBA, I am uh, I am fired up to watch uh, Denver oh. and the Lakers tonight. Mm-hmm. You think they got a chance, the Lakers? Well, yeah, they have a chance. But uh, Denver's the favorite. Uh, hey, we've seen upsets before. I think it would be an upset. But uh, I, I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I think Denver is just going to walk walk the floor with them. But I, I do think it's going to be like LA is going to have to play an unbelievable game, and I think they're just they're going to have to shoot the ball better if they have any chance. If uh, like, like that stat that Nate brought up about LeBron James on pull up jumpers, if, if if he continues to struggle there, I don't see how they win. It's neat to see those guys get there again. I, I just I don't know how they can slow that team down, Denver. They've looked really good, and they beat a pretty good Suns team. So. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, – I'm not sure if you listened to any of the interviews or not. We'll play some of them. Uh, today we'll get some thoughts from from some players. Um, I, I thought, you know, Leon Dreisaitl, hey, we just we, – we made too many mistakes, and, and at times we, we beat ourselves, which is – man, I've been pumping that horn all year long. But it was – I thought really in game six that it was fairly prevalent, but we've seen that in a lot of the other games. There were the orders. It wasn't so much that they were massively pressured, you know, it's the odd time, but 
they they made a lot of unforced errors that resulted in goals against. And their their five on five play strategy. We talked about it all year long. Until they reduce their goals against five on five, that's going to be their Achilles heel. Yeah, well said. So I did. I listened to all of them, and and it seemed like that was a recurring theme. Everyone brought that up at some point about defending better. You know, Matthias Ekholm when he arrived, I think I, I got to give credit to Mark Spector or. Um, not to shrink, but it was his article where, where Ekholm said we had to be comfortable winning one, you know, going into the second or th- uh, intermission with a one-one game or winning one nothing, and no, we don't have to score three goals to win the game. We go to one nothing, and he basically echoed the exact same thing again today. He said it the exact same way. He said, you know, you got to be comfortable in those games. You know, we can't, you can't outscore everybody and, and have to just, you know, win every game by a shootout or a, a blowout, four-one, five-one, to win the game. So it, it, to a man from the guys that, you know, I heard Hyman, I heard uh, the big guys, obviously Ekholm, Kane, they all talked about it. And, you know, I think it, it, they seem really um, not mad, mad. They seem just really d- disappointed. Like this was a really a, a missed opportunity because they are close. They're close to breaking through and being legit cont- Well, not like a team that can actually be a Stanley Cup legit contender um, with the way they're going. And, and, you know, many of the guys talked about, you know, we have the right pieces in place. We have, you know, maybe a couple of tweaks. We have the right guys in place. But it is their five-on-five play, Gregs. And I, I, it is in their own zone. I've been hammering on this. You have as well. And I think, I said it yesterday, I'll say it again. Number one message all through training camp, through all 82 regular season games, is should be about that, about defending hard in our own end. You know, and yeah, they're gonna, they can... You can tweak a guy here or there. You know, I, I talked about yesterday about which team maybe you want to tweak or forwards. But you're tweaking, let's say, out of 18 players that played in the playoffs. Let's say, let's say they just, four guys are different. Let's just make it. You're not even at 25%. So that means the other 75% are still there. And they are part of the, 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 the group that needs to change and, and be more accountable with the way they play defensively. And I think there needs to be a sit down with Jay and the leadership group say, how are we going to deal with this? And I'm telling you right now, Gregs, the best way is to show. Show it. Show it after games. This is a game, the chance. It's not even when they score goals. It's chances against. Because goals are just the, the tip of the iceberg. And sometimes you have a bad breakdown and it doesn't result in a goal. Uh, but that's, and that's fine. But you want to show it so it becomes a habit. And this becomes a almost a, um, a war cry for this Oilers team saying, we've got to be better, not better, we've got to be way better defensively. And so that when they go into a third period, like Beckholm says, they can win it 2-1. You know, look at Seattle last night in Dallas. You know, basically won nothing till near the end of the game. Dallas then 2-0, nothing, then 2-1, boom. All right, but, you know, Dallas was comfortable playing in that game. Do you think the Oilers are truly comfortable and able more importantly, able to play in that type of game if it gets to Stanley Cup final, it's a low-scoring game. I don't think that they – I think they now understand how it has to be. Um, and I think it's got to be something they talk about a ton next year as a group. Oh, 100%. Um, I think they show, they've shown it at times. All right, we saw it last year in game six and seven against L.A., um, in, in the first round, they shut it down when needed to be. Um, now, LA's not a great offensive team, so maybe got to take that with a grain of salt. Um, you know, I, there's a few games against Vegas they gave up very little, but you, you've got to be able to do it, I think, more consistently for longer periods of time. And I really felt, Strads, like if you actually look at a lot of their underlying numbers for long stretches, they were good five on five. It's just then they they make the glaring error that's boom. 
a goal against. And I really think it's, you know, they'll play really well for for long stretches. They don't give up much. And then they just throw a grenade on the ice and blows up back <laughs> of their net. And I think, that, honestly, that's – I thought Leon Dreisaitl – I've said it all year long. Stop being Santa Claus. They gifted too many goals. And I saw it again in the playoffs at times where they would they would gift goals at, like, the most inopportune time on one bad error. One just – you're just like, what are you doing? And so um, I don't know how you change that. To me, that's just a – it's a focus where you got to – okay, guys, we're focused, we're focused, we're focused. And you can make mistakes, but – Try not to be nine and ten bell mistakes. Just make them like threes and fours. Yeah, it's just a habit, Grace. Honestly, it has to become a habit. Just you know, there are certain things in hockey that I believe, like stick on puck, that's a habit. Going to the net, that's a habit. Staying between your man and the net, that's a habit. Um, you know, understanding your job where you have to be in your defensive zone, it's a habit. So you know when. You know, in this game, in the regular season, the Oilers would win 4-3 or 4-2. And, you know, you're kind of like, ah, they won the game, but they weren't great defensively. They had a couple of tough ones in or whatever. A couple, like, that can't be acceptable anymore. And I, and I know that over the course of the year, you're not going to be perfect. But I think when you're a, tr- a group that truly believes, and every one of those guys that uh, talked about the windows open, this is our window. If you truly believe that, I think it needs to be called out into the light and people be held accountable. Right? It's, it's too late. By the time you get to the playoffs, Greg, it's too late. You can't change habits. I, I firmly believe that. You cannot, you can't change your habit. Now, you, you can get a little more physical. You know, Vander Kane talked about how they are more physical and, and they're built to be physical. No problem. But you cannot, I don't think you can change your habits. So I think it's right from the first day of training camp. And you got to call guys out. But you can't, you can't be that you're beating guys down. Oh, you sucker brutal. It's more of a, hey, guys. This is how we're going to be. This is how we're, this, we've decided, not the coaches, not the leadership group, we as a group, everyone invo- invested in this has decided we've got to be better defensively in our own zone um, and stronger. And, and they can do it because it's not a skill, Greg. It's not, I mean, it's maybe a bit unfair. There is a bit of skill to it, but it's understanding where you have to be and then the determination to do it every single shift. Because how many times do we see the orders like one, two, three goals in a period? Bang, bang, bang. And also now you're you're on your heels, right? And I I I I think this is the last piece. I honestly believe it. If they could have been, um, and there were some good stretches, no doubt. But when things go bad, when things get really hard, like they did in the second period in the game six, that's where you have to fall back on your habits. That's where you fall back on the way you've done it all year, and that gets you through it. Maybe you give up one instead of three, right? Or or even just two instead of three. But no, they give up the three, then the game's out of reach. Jason Strudwick, uh, Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you, and Empton Sports Leader, TSN 1260. Uh, we'll hear from uh, Evander Kane and, and more. Also, uh, before we get to break, it's time for a little Eagle Rock trivia. Now, uh, we're going to have a little fun at times with uh, trivia during the uh, summer. It's not always sports questions, right? Some of you want uh, different ones. So here's one that's going to make you think a little bit. We'll see if Struddy or Connor knows the answer to this. Okay, the uh, winner, by the way, is going to win a round of golf. You're going to tee it up at uh, Eagle Rock. You can book your tee times at EagleRockGolf.com. Don't worry, we have lots of sports questions. But, eh, you know, once a week, maybe twice, we'll go off the board with just a different trivia question for you. Can you name the only mammal that has wings? Text in to 10 your name and the correct answer. The only mammal that has wings. We'll return to the Greg Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We continue on after the sports leader, TSN 1260. Ooh, that trivia question got people fired up, courtesy of uh, Eagle Rock. The uh, correct answer, and Trevor was the uh, the winner. 
Many of you had the right answer. The question was, can you name the only mammal that has wings? Strutty, did you know the answer? I did not. I, I had a feeling it would be somewhat obvious, but I didn't have the answer, buddy. What do you got? The uh, correct answer is bats. Bats are ah. the only mammal who can fly. We had a lot of people text in flying squirrels. Well, a flying squirrel uh, is not capable of full flight in the same way as a bird or a bat. They are able to glide from one tree to another with the aid of the uh, patagium, right? But that's like the uh, parachute-like skin membrane they have. But they, they're not—they're not wings, and they—they don't fly. They're not considered a flyer. So there you go. It's bats, and many of you got the right answer. So I like it. The non-sports trivia question gets people fired up. I think we'll have to incorporate it a little bit more now and then. I like to have a few doozies. So that was—you know—many of you knew the answer. So it wasn't that difficult, but it was intriguing. I like it. So congratulations, Trevor. Now, let's uh, talk a little uh, a little hockey coming up on Edmonton Sports Center, TSN 1260. As it's time for the uh, playoff report, brought to you by Tenacore. From fire hydrants to custom fabricated items like pumps and hoses, call the team at Tenacore for all your industrial fire protection equipment needs. That's Tenacore.com. With two wins. Uh, Dave McCarthy from uh, Sirius XM. I know, Dave, you're a big outdoorsman. Did you know bats were the uh, only mammal that could fly? Yeah, I knew the answer. I, I felt like I was actually oh, listening to, to the show uh, prior to when you guys went to break, so I heard the question. I felt like I was I was Bruce Wayne being asked a question by the Riddler, and I was like, the answer is oh, bat. So <laughs> nice. yeah, that was my, my Batman voice. But, yes, I, I did know the answer, bat. Uh, Dave, uh, Edmonton fans, uh, and well, the organization, the players, obviously gutted with their uh, the loss to Vegas. They felt like uh, you know missed opportunity for them. Uh, you know, I'm sure Toronto's in the same boat. Uh, Seattle, uh, the same thing. New Jersey, although maybe not New Jersey or Seattle, because they, they were, you know first kind of time there for a lot of those players uh, with that group anyway, and so they're they're happy about it. But you look at Toronto and you look at Edmonton. Um, Kyle Dubas's uh, press conference said, hey, anything is, is on the table there. A, do you think he's coming back as GM? And then B, do you think they're going to make a big splash as far as a move this offseason? Well, look, I mean, we were sitting in the room yesterday when Kyle Dubas took to the podium, um, and I looked around, and, and quite frankly, there were a few people with, with their jaws wide open. I mean, it was a a press conference the likes of which we haven't heard in this city in quite some time. Um, and let me, let me be clear. Uh, he made the statement first off that um, he, he addressed his future, right? I mean, that's the, the elephant in the room, right? So he addressed it before even taking a question and, and said what he said, that um, he has to speak with his family, that it's been a really difficult year on his family, um, and that he won't be popping up elsewhere if it's not here in Toronto. Um, that was wild. And, like, first off, I hope everything is good at home. And it, I think it just goes to show you the stress that um, executives of, of Canadian teams, especially here in Toronto, uh, are under. Um, and and it was, it was quite, quite staggering, really. Um, you think, put yourself in that position. You're the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs, as I understand it, 
would like Kyle Dubas back. And he's not in a position right now from a personal standpoint to accept that job. Think about what must be going on in his life, the amount of stress that his family is under, and he's right now weighing whether or not that's worth it. Anybody in their mother would kill Drew, for Cl that job, right? Um, but he's he's not in the position to accept it. So I think that puts into perspective what he is what he is dealing with, and you hope everything is good. So from that point on, fellas, I thought, why are we even bothering to ask any more questions? Um, because if if he's not ready to commit, and someone else ends up coming in, everything else that he said is completely moot. Um, but in saying that, look, do I think he'll be back? Like, I have to put a percentage on it right now. It would be under 50. It really would, the way he spoke. Um, it would be under 50. And, and then, you know, at that point, I think everything else is, is, is on the table based on what the new person decides to do. But even if he does come back, it certainly seemed as though he suggested that he was he was more than willing to to consider something, um, including trading one of the big four, um, in a way that he he never entertained in the past. So to say it was a a bombshell of a press conference, I I honestly don't think that that is going too far. I think it really really was in in a lot of extent. Wow, under fifty percent. That's unbelievable. So if if let's say he doesn't return, where does that leave Sheldon Keefe? Oh, I don't think if 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 Kyle returns or not, Sheldon Keith is in a real good position. Um, again, Kyle Dubas did not give him anything that resembled a vote of confidence um, compared to in the past, where where last year at this time he went on and and said, "Look, you know, everybody talks about coaches like Joel Quenville or Mike. Ba I don't know if he said Joel Quenville." I don't want to get into it. You know what I mean, though. But, like, Barry Trotz was hanging around at this time of the year, last year, and, and he mentioned some of those guys by name, and he said, I firmly believe that in five to ten years, people are going to be talking about Sheldon Keith in that, in that way. That's what he said last year. Didn't say that this year. He essentially said, I, we still need to, to undergo a, an evaluation before we get to, to that point. So um, that was not encouraging. If I'm Sheldon Heap hearing that and hearing what Sheldon had to say, you know, it essentially seemed more like he was, he was reading his resume than, than anything else. So, you know, I think the easy thing right now, if, if Kyle comes back, is to make a coaching change. Because it's easier to change the coach and the players. And the coach has been here for four playoff runs, four, and he has won one series. As shelf life goes for head coaches today, that's a lot of kicks at the can. To come back for a fifth year, I mean, my goodness, I don't know too many coaches that get that kind of leeway, even, even guys that are more tenured, more experienced, more successful on their resume than Sheldon Keith. Um, I would be really surprised if a coaching change is not made um, because I think they, it's not, not to totally um, lump all the blame on Sheldon because I don't think he deserves all of the blame, but it's easier to change the coach and the players. And I think if you're going to stick with the players, which, 
I could see. Wouldn't wouldn't guarantee it like I would have last year, but I could see them coming back with the same core. Because think about how it works, right? You, 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 you deal with the upset and, and all that now. Um, then the summer goes on. Everybody forgets about it. You ask a few questions in training camp, yada, yada, yada. Uh, you're, you play 15 games in October, and they go, you know, 10-3-2, and two, and all the fansies are all excited because Austin Matthews has 12 goals in 15 games, and Mish Marner has 25 points, and yada, 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 away we go. I could see that happening, but I think in saying that, it's time for a different voice behind the bench because for whatever reason, um, the, 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 the mix as it is comprised with the players and the coach, it's just not working. Dave McCarthy joins us from uh, Sirius XM. Dave, you look at the teams now into the uh, Final Four, Florida, Carolina, uh, Dallas, Vegas. I know there's lots of people, ah, this is a terrible Final Four. I don't really, to me, I don't watch the games because of certain teams in it. To be honest, I never have. Um, the exact same thing is on the line starting Thursday. That was exact same last year, the year before that. There's a chance to go to the Stanley Cup final for four teams. I, I, maybe I'm in the minority, but I don't watch because Boston's in the conference final more than I would if Florida is. I actually, the Florida right. Panthers storyline is one that's very intriguing to me. I'm like, hey, they, they just beat two really good teams in Boston and Toronto, like two teams with over 110 points. Can Bobrovsky continue it? That's a storyline to me. I think Carolina's had the easiest path to the to the conference final. Maybe I'm wrong, so I want to watch and see if I'm wrong on that. Uh, also, I want to see if Jar- Jordan Martin can continue his out of body run, which is great huh. to see. And, and then, you know, Leon Drysaddle here. It's unbelievable. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's two uh, two points a game. He's outscoring McDavid and Drysaddle in the second round. Who would have had that? But uh, you know, then Vegas. I'm like, hey, Vegas. Six years in, they've had a lot of success, but they've never won. Can this be the year? Or you know, in Dallas Stars, that can Dallas win with with aging guys? Pavelski, Jamie Ben. I know they got Robertson, but he hasn't done much. Pavelski's been way better than him. So I do find storylines. What about you? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I. I find it funny, people who go on about, well, you know, gigantic metropolitan area A or gigantic metropolitan area B isn't in, so who ca- like who cares, right? Like, do you like hockey or not? I think, you know, what you're losing, I guess, from a league standpoint with Chicago or New York or L.A. or Boston or Toronto not being in, it is you're losing the, the casual fan that may not watch the regular season, but there's a lot more people in those cities that, oh, geez, the Leafs or the – the Hawks sure. or Boston's in the conference final. Okay, maybe I'll tune in now. And there's just more of those people than in Raleigh or Sunrise or, or of that nature. I guess that's what you're looking at. But hockey fans are hockey fans. You're going to watch hockey regardless of who's in the playoffs. And I'm with you, Gregor. I think there's a lot of compelling storylines here of, of teams. You know, look, Dallas hasn't won a Stanley Cup since, what, 1999? Carolina since 2006. Um, Vegas has never won, and Florida has never won. So you're going to get a team that's going to win a Stanley Cup that is going to be able to shed a lot of of past um, either playoff or in some cases just organizational failure because like a team like Florida barely ever gets in the playoffs. Um, so it, it, there's compelling storylines that way. Um, like, like to me, uh, Carolina is, is a really cool story because I thought 
last year at this time they needed another player. I didn't think they had enough um, game-breaking type guys. They went out and got a guy in Max Pacioretty. Unfortunately, he's been hurt the whole year. And then they lost Andrei Svechnikov. And then they lost Tebu Teravainen, who didn't have a great regular season, but is a quality player for them. guy that's certainly capable of elevating his play in the playoffs in, what was it, game one, two of the first round? And they've just chugged along really without issue. And now I think they're going to get Teravainen back pretty soon. Um, it, it's, it's really impressive. A year where I thought, wow, they don't have a hope now because they, they weren't good enough last year. I think on paper they're worse that they've plugged through. Now, you're, you're right. <clears throat> Who have they beaten? The Islanders and the Devils. Probably the, the easiest path through the conference finals to this point. And now you get a team in Florida where if you had asked, I think, a lot of, a lot of folks within the Carolina organization, um, privately, because no one's going to admit that publicly, uh, but certainly a lot of Carolina fans publicly, hey, getting you to the conference final, you take on Florida, you sign off on that? Like a hundred times out of a hundred, right? Now, in saying that, you can't overlook Florida because I think the Maple Leafs did to an extent. The head coach said it yesterday that perhaps they weren't as um, committed. Uh, committed wasn't the word he used, but you know what I mean. Like, just really zeroed in off the hop of that series in game one and two. And the series got away from them. So you better not, you better not take Florida lightly if you're Carolina. I don't think they will. Um, but this is, this is a real opportunity now for, for Carolina uh, to get through to the cup final and, and then take on either Dallas or Vegas. A couple of good teams, but not a wagon like the Avalanche last year to win a Stanley Cup for a team that's been knocking on the door for the last four or five years. Of all the teams left, which player do you think is kind of building a, uh, maybe like a legacy for themselves that it wasn't there before? Ooh, good question. I'm just trying to uh, go through in, in my mind here. Uh, I mean, like, I guess, I guess Joel Pavelski would be my answer now that I think about it because he's always been thought of as a guy – who is really productive at this time of year. You look at the guy's playoff numbers, the guy elevates his game. Uh, he seems to get better at this time of the year. He's never won, right? Like he's been right on that, that precipice, but he's never pushed through and won. And, you know, I know, Gregor, you and I have talked about this on my show a number of times. When you, when you look, you know, once it's all said and done in a guy's career, and you look at how many Stanley Cups the guy has, like how much does that – factor into to your perception of his career or not. I think there's arguments to be made on both sides. You know, it, it's not always within your control as an individual how many Stanley Cups that you win, but it certainly is nice to have at least one of them beside your name. Um, and, and, and at his age, 38 years of age, if, if he could be a significant part of it, which he has been for Dallas, and finally push through um, and win, um, you know, and for a lot of guys on that team that have been around quite some time, Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Sagan's already won, but I mean, he was a bit part, right, in his rookie year in Boston, um, to really be a central figure of, of the team, you know, that would be, that would be pretty cool for, for Jim Nill to um, show that um, after all those years in Detroit where he was Kenny Holland's lieutenant, that he could build a team on his own and, and have a Stanley Cup attached to his name with 
um, with his name um, at the, the head of the organization, right? I think that would mean a lot to him. So yeah, I think Joe Pavelski would be, would be that guy, just at his age, what he's continuing to do. He, he had eight goals in the second round. That's unbelievable. Um, you know, and not only that, he continues his pace. Probably not going to have eight goals in the third round. But if he continues to, to really be a big part of this Dallas team, like if, if the playoffs ended today, he might be my Con Smythe pick. And I think he's an absolute candidate at this point. Davey, great stuff as always, man. We appreciate it. Have yourself a, a wonderful week. And uh, we'll, we'll have some more uh, non-hockey trivia for you on Tuesday. Can't wait. I love it. I love it. See you, fellas. <laughs> There you go, Dave McCarthy from uh, Sirius XM. Uh, we'll return. We got uh, Struds on. Also, uh, help me understand. I got a real help me understand one that I'm going to need your help with because I just, like, there's nothing worse than hot takes that are completely false. We'll get back to them on the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We roll through. I'm in Sports Center, TSN 1260. Jason Gregor, Jason Strub, Connor Halley with you. You can always text us, 101260. Email us in our Jiffy Lube inbox. Gregor, tsn1260.ca, and uh, right now, Jiffy Lube. It's always a great day to get an oil change. Uh, even better right now because you can get a full synthetic Penn's oil, oil change, and they'll give you a $20 gift card to support local Edmonton businesses. Only at Jiffy Lube. Hey, Greg, I just read your article at Oilers Nation. What do you think the cost of Susie is in free agency? Uh, good question. He's coming off his last year at uh, 2.75 mil in Seattle. Here's the thing. On the Seattle team, he was uh, he was third pair right defense. So, you know, I, 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 or sorry, left defense. I don't see really where he helps the orders. Right? They had Dunn and Larson. Then they had uh, Alexiak and uh, and Will Borgen were their second pair, and then Schultz and Susie were the third pair. So I don't um, I I don't see where he helps Edmonton, to be honest. But uh, what's his cap hit going to be? Interesting question. Um, third pair of minutes? Like, I don't know. Is is he going to get more than Brett Kulak? Yeah. yeah. It's, Probably it's not. So, yeah. Right? I, I would it's say less than that. Two and a half to three? Is that kind of where you're at? Well, I, I don't think it's three because that means he's more than Kulak, right? So, well, the, I mean, well, I guess the cap hasn't gone up much, so he might be right. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So somewhere in around Kulak, plus or minus ten, twenty percent. I don't know. You know. Yeah. So there you go. Um, let's get to Struds on. Brought to you by GS Construction, and uh, they always remind you: be courteous, safe, be aware going through the construction zones. GS Construction. It's time for Struds On Beer. Uh, it's a bouquet of uh, enjoyment coming in my mouth there. The gym. Tank tops on guys are starting to bother me at the gym. Then I said it, it really is bothering me. I, I don't know what it is lately. Drake. Sit down, drink your popcorn, and that's it. It's time for Struds On. Hey! Details matter. So, it, you know, we talked about it, about it yesterday, but I was sitting down kind of listening to the guys talk today and, and I was making notes and one of the notes actually ironically Greg's you asked me was how do you change focus on becoming like the details really matter how do you how do you get a group of players to believe in that you know and it's it's not like I think sometimes fans they, they think that you know the coach just all of a sudden decides okay we're going to be doing this now like we're just all of a sudden we're going to be better at defense it's like they've never talked about it before or all of a sudden now we want to have stick in lanes or we want to make sure we're uh, you know being physical or whatever these conversations 
are going on all the time, right? Because you kind of ride the wave a little bit, and you know sometimes your game's in order, or sometimes it falls apart, or, or goes sideways. But you're always these conversations always matter. They, you're, they're always taking place as a group, maybe individually through some video. They're, they're, it's it's always being brought up. Hey, we got to be make sure our toes are facing the right way in this play, or our stick should be here, or this is your guide. This is how we play our our uh, our D zone, or you know the very basic thing. Always be between your man and the net. Like just little details. It always happens, and you're always talking about it. But how do you get a group of players to buy in 100% to that. And I think that today and and the loss that we had, so last whatever you want to call it, 48 hours, this this is where you get the players to finally, not finally, where they realize they need it, where there has to be stability in their defensive play because this hurts so much. You know, I, I think it was uh, Zach Hyman said this is hurts more than any other time they've been eliminated. And I get it. Just think how, you know, the, 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 the changes, the, the improvement the team's had, where they're at. Um, you know, Connor McDavid referenced the fact that they're all in their prime of their careers. All their core guys are in their prime careers. They are. Like, they're, they're, everything has worked out well uh, to get this team to where they need to be, right? As close as they can be to being elite. And they, when, they, when they look back on that series... I think they'll they'll realize that each game there was a couple things that could have gone a different way for them. Yeah, maybe there could have been a call here or there, but generally speaking, if they had to just tighten up a little bit defensively and had those details ironed out in October rather than trying to do it the last 30, 40 games, not that there's anything wrong with that, but there needs to be a, a focus all the time, I think that you now have the player's attention, 100%. And this isn't, I'm not referencing 97 or 25 this is across the entire scope of the whole team and any new players to join the group next year i really think that this is the one this is the time and i do believe there needs to be a conversation with the leadership group and the coaching staff and and just saying where are you guys at like it you know how hard do you want me to press this i i when i look at our team this is my number one issue if jay believes that now maybe jay doesn't believe it but when i look at the team the five on five play in defending i believe that's the number one issue for this group power play or penalty kill is probably near there as well to be one you can know and go and trust it but greg's i think that right now you have the attention of the players i would encourage a sit down i know guys are taking off but you can maybe do it by skype or whatever but Get it done and just say, where, where do you guys want to take this? How do you want to bring this up? It's your, it's your team. Because the way you hear the guys talking, like they know they're close, but that seems to be the last piece, in my opinion. It was very noticeable today how much this one hurt. And I, I noticed it right after the, the game. I said that. Threads that came in here Monday. I was like, man, I'm, I'm not sure I saw the players that you know, dejected. I really believe that they they felt confident that this was they had a realistic chance this year, and not that they didn't feel they had a chance. But I think last year they recognized how far away they were from Colorado. Colorado was just better, and and Colorado like is Colorado going to be the juggernaut again next year? I don't think so because they don't like they're still missing three of their top six forwards from the team that won the cup. That's a lot. Like, like you can't just magically find three top six forwards to replace it. And, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, still competitive, but they're they're older. They're not the same team. Their defense core is not what it was when they were dominant going to three consecutive finals. So, you know, whichever team wins this year, they're good. But the, to me, they're not. A, whoever wins of these final four teams isn't a juggernaut like Colorado. They're not. Like, they'll be a good 100%. team. 
right? But next year it's going to be open. Uh, There'll be a lot. It'll be hard, but there won't be like, oh, my goodness, like there's a Tampa or a Colorado that we got to beat. And they'll be good teams, but just, you know, like when Washington and St. Louis won, they were good. They were juggernauts. You know what I mean? I thought Colorado and Tampa Bay, those were juggernaut teams. And that's what makes next year, I think, exciting for Edmonton. But also, I, I believe, like listening to Hyman, uh, you know, McDavid still, you know, seemed, you know, I, I had a one-on-one conversation with uh, with Warren Fogle, and we just talked about it. And, you know, he's been in Carolina. He's had deep playoff runs. He goes, man, I, I can't believe this. Like, he goes, you're still, like, we're out. And he goes, like, this might have been the best team I played on. And I went deeper in the playoffs before. So, yeah. and I think so, as, as as painful as that is today, I love what you said, Struts, because I agree. I think usually when it hurts that bad, you're like, okay, we got to change something because I don't want to feel this again. I just don't. Like, unless you're, you know, you're foolish and it's like, hey, let's just keep doing the same thing over and over. Like, they never really had... Like they lose to Chicago, disappointed. It's COVID year. It's totally different. That one's easy to write off. Winnipeg, yeah, you know it's tough. We, geez, we lost three games in overtime. Ah, but they weren't really close. And those teams had warts. I think they looked at this team and felt like, man, like we got a legit chance here. And so, as painful it is, I think there's probably more to learn from this year than in previous years. Uh, so let's. I'm just going to give you an example here, Grace, and it may be a little bit different, but. I remember watching the last dance with Jordan and uh, the Chicago Bulls, and they just, I think it was against the Pistons, they just got, or the Knicks maybe, maybe it was against the Knicks, but either way, they got just pushed around. And then right away, Jordan starts talking about he had to get bigger and stronger. So he's in the gym, like, right away. They're all working out, trying to get bigger and stronger. Jordan came back bigger and stronger. You know, there's there's just certain points where you have the complete attention of an athlete. And I believe right now, they do, and this isn't to say that this group isn't focused or whatever, but there's just some times where you're just hurting, and you're like, you know what? Something's got to change here, man. We're not we're not there. But I think you have to get the whole group to buy into it, but it will start with, uh, with the leadership group. So I, 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 in that leadership group, I put Nurse at home, obviously the, 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 the two big guys, Connor Leon, Nuge, probably Hyman and Kane. That's the guys I want to sit down and say, guys, what do you guys want to do? You know, because there are going to be some really hard conversations about about defensive zone play, and we're going to we're going to single people out. Like that's that's what we're going to we're going to talk about. You're the, everyone in this room is going to make mistakes. Every everyone does, including the coaching staff. But we're going to single out. We're going to talk about. It. We're going to identify it. We're going to get through it, and not because we're trying to belittle people, but we're trying because to use Connor words, we made a lot of you know some little mistakes that cost us. You don't, you know, they're always going to have some, but you want to reduce that. And we saw those all year, you know, from, from the Oilers. But all we could get on the power play, and, and, and it's great that they did that. Like, and I'm not belittling the power play, but as Ekholm said, you've got to be able to win in different ways. And I, I honestly, I think now's the time to strike. I really do. I, I just, you see the way they're looking. Um, you know, and, and Connor said, we've got to wait a whole other year to get back to this point. Yeah. So what are you going to change? You know, Connor and Leon getting more points isn't isn't going to make him win the third round or second round. Uh, Nuge came back to 100 points. It's not going to make him win the second round, right? They've gone through that already. But being harder defensively, I honestly think that is the last piece. They're physical. They can score. They're on the power play. Their goalies, I believe, all both take a step forward next year. They're going to tinker to this lineup. Like, Ken's been making the team better every year. So 
what can the players do internally? Yeah, you can work harder and get better in shape and all that stuff. Like, I, I get all that. But what can you really do on ice? This would be my. This would be the one. This is the one. When we come back, we're going to get to uh, help me understand. Also, uh, interesting email we've received in regards to uh, Elks games. So uh, we'll touch on that. Uh, also, Brett Howden joins us next forward for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights as uh, they move on to the conference finals. Let's get to the comment and a Sports Center update brought to you by the Edmonton Police Service. They're hiring. Join the team that serves all Edmontonians. Your next exciting career awaits. Visit newepsrecruits.ca. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.